0: What was the first moment that you knew that Eric was the one?
1: I wish you would ask asked this stuff before, so I kind of thought about it. <laughs> it makes me laugh. No, Eric is so goofy that it's like the first thoughts <laughs> that come to my head make me laugh. Because yeah. I'm like, the one? <laughs> There's a time when uh, Eric was leading a college group, and we were, we were dating at the time. And just to see him lead that college group and <clears throat> just... Um, I don't know, humbly, you know, lead all these other people uh, to Jesus and his heart for Christ. A lot of that is what caused me to really realize that he was the one.
2: There were a bunch of moments that I realized, wow, this girl's really hot and she's cool. And uh, for me, like being on this side of the camera, this question's a lot harder because I'm used to filming brides and grooms and asking them this, and it's always this fairy tale. Uh, answer, but I—I um, I don't just feel; I just know that God had revealed that to me. What is the most romantic or attractive thing that Eric does right now?
1: Sends me pizza emojis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! What <laughs> the most romantic? I got my face gonna be beat right through this whole interview. Gosh, he's so weird. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I Okay, I would say that Eric, his personality is so funny that just his humor is really what's mostly romantic to me, Um, so it's what's most fun, it's what keeps me most, you know, our relationship most engaged, so to be honest, yes, when he sends me pizza emojis, uh, texts throughout the day, that's cool for me.
2: Um, sometimes she makes me lunches, which is cool, for work. and she kisses me sometimes. So how long have you been married and how have things changed over the years?
1: Uh, we've been married eight years and I would say we're back then we were we were best friends, but today we're more than that We're... What the Bible says when it talks about two becoming one, we're definitely one. Um, So I just say, over the years, our relationship has grown stronger.
0: So what is the most romantic or attractive thing that you do for Rissa, now that you have a family?
2: Uh, Me? (laughs) So, probably not a lot. Um, Before we were married, I there was, was (laughs) I did a lot, and I planned, you know, trips where she didn't know, but I'd, like, drive her to the airport, and we already had a a whole trip planned, and I'm like, hey, we're going to Florida, and uh, I've done stuff like that, I've done a lot of different things, but after we had kids, um, it definitely got more difficult, and I I probably need to step up my game with that, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, there's times still now I'll hire, I'll get a babysitter, and uh, tell Rissa she won't know about it, and I'll tell her, hey, there's a babysitter coming tonight, and uh, we're going out, and, you know, that that makes her happy, but to be honest, yeah, I probably got to work on that area a little bit more. Okay, so this last one is tough, um, but when do you think you're going to have your
0: next kid?
1: I would say January 21st, 2017, because we're expecting right now, so...
3: All right, Metro, how we doing? Good? Good man, I'm pumped to be here. My name is Chris. Uh, Man, if you're brand new to Metro, it's a great, great time to be jumping into this thing because we are in week two of a brand new series called The Happiest Ending. And that's right. Maybe you're sitting there going, "Uh, is this what I think it is? Yes. It is our series on S-E-X. Sex. Woo! Yeah! And so, uh, man, if, if you're brand new, um, you might be going, man, why are we doing this? Okay, so number one, um, we're in this thing called the Old School Series. Ten years ago, our church decided we wanted to walk through every book of the Old Testament. Um, and so we go back every year and hit a couple books of the Bible. And right now, we are smack dab in the middle of the Bible with this book called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. And this literally is God's sex book where God wanted to write us a book about how to handle sex, and so he made this book for us. Our problem is most of the time we forget about it, and because of that, a lot of us struggle and say us because I'm with you. Like We lived in a sex-crazy world, right, like we talked about last week, um, and so because of that, we're going to hit this thing right in The face, and we're going to talk about sex. And so, if you have your Bibles, you can flip over to Song of Solomon, um, and today is going to be a fun, fun day. So, last week, let me catch you up to speed. We talked about this idea sex is a good thing. Right, and we celebrated sex, we cheered about sex, and then also we made sex about Jesus, which might be a little weird if you're brand new, but trust me, it worked. Um, but this week, we're going to unbelievably practical as we're going to keep tracking through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through this book called Song of Songs. And today, if I could give a working title to the message, it'd be called This, The Art of Attraction. And so, it's going to be awesome um buckle up it's gonna be a good time but let's first pray and then we're gonna dive in uh god i just pray for today god i pray for hearts to be open god i pray for our minds to learn god Um, but most of all god we need you to be god in this room god uh we need you to transcend from heaven god we need you to mold us to be more like you to understand your grace And so, God, for all of us here, whether you're close to God or feel far away from God, God, I pray that we would be a people that would just be open to you working in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, attraction matters. Now, we're in church, okay, and so one of the things that tends to happen in church is we overemphasize the internal and we underestimate the external. Um, Let me kind of set it up and tell you what I mean. Um, where are my single people at? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Now, come on. Come on now. I know. Look, look, I'll come through that camera. Look, single people, put your hand up. Raise them up. Raise them up. Raise them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now everyone, this is what I want you to do, is look around the room at the single people. Look around. Look, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm hooking you all up. All right? All right, this is Metro Singles. Maybe you can find a date, okay? Um, that's not the point. The point is, is single people. Attraction matters. Married people, attraction matters. In fact, if you're always ever going to get married, this is what I know, is that the attraction is what starts the relationship, right? And I can prove this to be true um, because every single person, if you grew up in church or maybe um, you're that person and you go to the family party and you got the crazy uncle and aunt going, why are you still single? And, and you know they're giving you a hard time. Here's what I know. There's the ever-fearing moment that when you're single, and you're in church, all of a sudden there's this moment where a pastor walks up to you and says, hey, I found the perfect person for you. Now, call a out. Because if you've ever had that happen, here's what I know. That's the scariest place to live in the world. It really is. And here's why. Because all that goes through your mind is she's ugly. Okay, I, I, now, I'm, look, look, just I'm telling you a guy's point of view. Um, the girls, all you think is he's a weirdo. Okay, he lives with his mama still, and he's 42. Um, because we have this idea that pastors, we just forget about attraction, right? And so here's what happens is the pastor or the pastor's wife comes up to you. They've got the perfect person, and they're sitting there looking at you, and you're in fear. Because here's the thing. You're stuck no matter what you, what you do. Where number one, if you take the date, and you show up, and that person isn't attractive, here's the problem is you've got to weasel your way out of that thing. Somehow you have to not call them back, and then there's going to be that awkward moment, right, where the pastor or the pastor's wife comes and runs to you and goes, "Oh, did you love her?" And you just got to like, "No, no, you you don't. That is not. It's not where you're at, right? And it's one of the most worst. This is one of the worst points." Ever, and so what do we end up doing? Like, I, if you're anything like me, the pastor approaches you, you start to act like, you know what, I'm, I'm happy being single, right? You know what, I don't, you know what, I'm not even interested in sex, I don't want to have sex, there's nothing in me that even wants to get married, pastor, you know, I'm good, leave me alone. And here's why, because we're afraid that somehow in the church, we don't understand attraction, and that's where today, my goal, is that, you know, I get attraction, attraction matters. If you're a Christian, attraction matters. If you're a non-Christian, attraction matters. If you're single, attraction matters. If you're married, it matters, especially in the context of sex. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to start off is we're going to read a little bit in the book of Song of Solomon. Where I go on is to understand that God wasn't foreign to this idea of attraction. In fact, what I really do believe is that God created attraction to draw us to sex, and in marriage, it's awesome. We're well, check this out. Check this out. A book of Song of Solomon, like we said last week, as this old couple writing a song or different stages of life, right, in their marriage. And so at this point, I just want to kind of walk us through, and I just want us to see the attraction between this husband and wife. And so remember, this is in marriage, okay, where it says this, Song of Solomon, chapter one. And it says this, and we went over this last week. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Now, if you were here last week, here's what I know. We all went, "Uh uh-oh, that's hot. Right? That's what happened. But don't miss this, because the guy's looking in. This is a woman speaking. Every dude goes, I want a wife like that. I want a wife like that. And And why? Because she's aggressive, right? Understand, man, she's aggressive. And the reason why, because she's attracted to her man, right? And so keep tracking with it. Chapter 5, the woman keeps talking. My beloved, now listen to the description, is radiant and ruddy. Now, I'm not sure I want my wife saying, oh, Chris, you're ruddy. I'm not sure. But long story short, for this woman, it worked. Okay, because this was her man, and it says, My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. So she's like, dude, you're my man, and you stand out. And then it says this, Your head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves. His cheeks are like beds of spice. His arms are rods of gold. His body is like polished ivory. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. Now, every woman, you get what's happening here. The men, look, we're all confused, right? Because the the married dudes, especially, you're looking down and you're like, look, honey, I'm not 20 anymore. Uh, The ivory tower thing, it's more like, I'm not shaped, I'm shaped more like a muffin, you know, a muffin top. If you, you know what I'm saying? And so you got some issues happening here, but don't miss this because what she's saying is I'm attracted to my man physically, right? This is very physical. And then things switch gears. Because it's not just like the woman starts talking, but then the guy talks. And look at this. Lean into this, men. Where chapter 7, verse 1 says this. How beautiful are your sandaled feet, O princess daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels. And so watch this. He's about to move right on up the little body there. So if there's little kids here, still need to get them out of here because it's about to get wild. And it says this. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mount of wheat encircled with lilies. Look at this. Your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle. Now, can't we agree? That's descriptive, but it gets weird because this dude just called her friends little fawns. Okay, that's weird, you know. And and I actually had um, some people ask me, "Hey, Chris, you're a pastor. Why do they ask? Why why she? Why does he call them fawns?" Um, And here's my answer, and you guys can take this with you take it home. Um, But I think it's because you rarely see a fawn, and when you do, you just got to touch it. Okay, okay, I I don't know if that's funny or not, but either way, point is, is that's physical, and then just keep tracking. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon. Your nose is like a tower of Lebanon. So apparently she's got a big schnoz. Um, he digs it. I don't, I'm not 100% sure about that. But your hair is like royal tapestry. Then look at how beautiful you are and how pleasing, my love, with your delights. Your stature is like that of a palm. Your breasts are clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruits. Now, look, I'm not very smart, but what I know about this is when you read it, There's a lot of physical attraction. Can't we agree? And this is what I want, what I know. All of us want that. Like unless you got the incredible gift of being single, okay, All of us want what we just read between a husband and a woman. Like married women, what you want is for your husband to be gushing over you. Husbands, what you want is your wife to be gushing over you. Singles, you want to find a marriage where you both can gush over each other. That's what we all want. But don't miss this. Because to get what we have in chapters 5 and 7, we got to go back to chapter 1 and understand that it does not start with the physical. Like sure, there's an immediate attraction. I, I don't ever want to underestimate that. But here's what I think a working definition is. Is how do we get into a relationship like this. Where there's attraction. As I think understanding this. Is attraction is physical. But it's also very, very spiritual. Do you understand that? It's physical. Oh yes. But it's very, very spiritual. Spiritual. And I know you might be sitting there and you're going, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe you're sitting here and you're brand new to the church thing going, okay, I know where this is going. Look, I don't even know if I'm there yet. I'm just trying to get life right a little bit. Look, that's totally fine. Here's what I'm going to ask everyone, no matter where you're at on the coin, is I want you to just have an open heart because here's what I know. The principles we're going to talk about are universally true and i'm telling you i just want you to look at a distance and at the end of this thing just ask is this the kind of life that i want for myself because i promise you no matter where you're at in faith man the wisdom of this book literally is incredible when it comes to attraction and so we're going to go back to chapter one and we're going to recap last week and keep moving like i said verse by verse through this book does that sound good Okay, so first thing you want to write down is this. When it comes to attraction is this. Attraction is more than skin. It's more than skin. And and look, praise God for this. Because unless you're Brad Pitt or Chad Doring, our worship leader, okay? Like unless you're one of them, we don't age well. Like, oh, god darn. Like me? Look, my wife is in trouble. Like I'm not going to age well. Like look at look at this body, okay? Like I'm skinny enough. Um every year I get skinnier, okay? Like like some of y'all it's like a balloon. Okay, I I just stick, okay? And what's going to happen when I get old? I'm going to be called base I'm going to be flat man. Uh, seriously, like my skin's going to be all wrinkly and pruney and I'm going to get the little chicken dangler thing right here. You know you know what I'm talking about I'm um, like I'm going to be preaching and it'll just be like wings just flapping, you know. Um it's going to be a mess. But that brings up the question, right? If attraction is only skin, look, our future does not look good. It just doesn't. But here's the reality. The question becomes, what is the thing that drives attraction? Because yes, it's physical, but what do we say? It's also spiritual, where I believe it's more than just skin. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I believe it's more than skin, but it actually begins with him, meaning Jesus. Now I know that might seem like a jump, but that's where we come back into our story, right? Like this was the wild story, right? Um, this is everything it is that, that we've been talking about. But understand what drives chapter five, six, and seven, all the crazy hot stuff, is because, man, these people from the beginning had something internal that was priceless. Well, check this out. So chapter one, Verse 2 says this, let him kiss me with the kiss of his, lot, of his mouth, right? And these are things we talked about last week, right? And then it says this, for your love, that's huge. If you've got a physical Bible, I'd underline that word, I'd circle that word. For your love is more delightful than wine. And then it says this, pleasing is the fragrance to your perfumes. Your name, that's another huge word. Like if you're studying the Bible, the two things, for your love, and then his name is like perfume poured out and so what's she saying there she's saying that look his love and his name his love and his name how he lives his life in love drives his character of his name and he's saying this where if you go to the very next verse it says now wonder all the maidens love you time out what's the definition of attraction attraction Look, you can attract one person or one style of people, but if you want all people to be attracted to you, listen to me, the Bible starts to teach us that, look, it is not so much about your body type. It's not so much about whether you're big or small. Okay, it's not so much what clothes you wear, but what the Bible is teaching us is that skin Yes is important, so get in shape, get fit, look good for each other. But the flip side is don't stop with the skin, jump into him, because don't miss this. Solomon lived a life that reflected Jesus. He really did. We're coming back into this because I know you might go, well, where's, where's this come from? But that's where you got to get into a Bible study a little bit, where the, the, this book was originally written in the Hebrew language. In Hebrew, when it says the word love, it doesn't just have one word like we do, right? And so what it is, is this idea of love is a kind of love. It's a type of love. It's the Greek word doubt. And so what you could say is, man, now wonder the man in you, love you because, man, you have this love or this doubt about yourself, right? And what's doubt mean? Doubt means sacrificial love. And so don't miss this. Because the Bible's writing about this woman that's looking at her husband and saying, look, want to know why I was first attracted to you. I was first attracted to you because of how you sacrificially loved those around you. Don't miss that. Men, lean into this specifically. Is that your love and how you love, meaning a selfless, sacrificing love, namely the love of Jesus. Right, where he did not say, Hey, I'm not going to go to the cross because I'm too comfortable in heaven. It's not what he did. What did he do? Scripture says, While we were still sinners, while we were far from God, look, Christ, Jesus, loved us. He sacrificially gave his life up to set us free. Right? And so understand the foundation, right? You want to be attractive as a single person. You want more sex in your marriage. Listen to me. Listen to me. It does not start with going to the gym. Where is that? I'm not. I'm not knocking that. I I think that's a good thing, but I don't think it's just about the skin. I think it starts with him. It starts with Jesus. It starts with serving each other. It really does. And let me nail down on this a little bit, because one of the biggest issues in marriage. Right, why marriages are shredding and shattering in the church just as much as outside the church. Because, man, we're, we're not sacrificially loving each other. Right? Single people, you're not sacrificially loving each other. Man, we're constantly trying to take and take and take and make each other serve us. And what the Bible's saying, look, this just doesn't work. And that's where the question, you want to just get unbelievably practical. Want to deal with attraction. One of the best questions you can ask yourself is this, is where am I at with Jesus? Where are you at? If you're married, where are you at with Jesus? Well, she's annoying me. Well, she doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Look, look, I I, I get it. I get it. There's wrongs all over. But are you loving them like Jesus? I know you wronged me, but I'm going to serve you anyway. Maybe you're single, right? And, you, and you're just like, oh, I'm so single, right? Well, listen us me. Are you sacrificially loving? Or do you take all your money and spend it all on yourself? I'm telling you, it's, it's a huge, huge concept we got to start getting around. Because I think the beginning of it is that, un, of attraction, is understanding it's not just about the skin. It's just not. And so the second part of attraction And this is where we kind of split because I think it differs from guys to girls. And I think you see both things in this story. As I think first for men, and so men you want to write this down. where one, it doesn't just start with skin. But second thing for men is I think if you want to be attractive, I think you have to be a servant leader. And this is huge. A servant leader really is what every single woman is looking for. And so single guys, come into this. If you're single, want to know what every woman's looking for? Look, if you're fighting in your marriage, you want to know what your wife is looking for? Look, if you want bedtime to actually become sex time, you know what I'm saying, okay? Look, you've got to be a servant leader. This is huge because every woman wants a leader. and I know, I know, I know we push back on that, right? But listen to me, I can prove that every single woman wants this kind of man in her life where a couple months ago, is I actually went back to college. Now, um, cool story is I'm going to graduate in December. And so, woo! um, Pretty awesome, 15 years later, made it, you know, boom. But anyway, point is, is I went back to a physical classroom. And this was like classic, cliche, everything you read about in the newspapers or online about college classroom was in this classroom. Like, and so think about this, it was a small classroom, about 15 students, right? Um, you had this one woman who was there that she was unbelievably liberal, right? She had the field of burn shirts on, you know, uh, like literally she'd wear Bernie Sanders shirts every day. Okay. I mean, she was just loving that unbelievably liberal. Um, there's this other guy who was this feminist and so he wore pink shirts all the time. I don't, I just look, I don't judge him. I'm just saying, okay. Um, but then there's everyone else in between, but you have these extremists and the extremists drive everything, right? And so one day, um, we started talking, and, and the kind of the concept of the class was debating. And so the teacher would let the class just rip and roar and debate, and, and this was kind of how the class went. And so one day, we showed up, and, and we were, everyone started to uh, debate the topic of feminism. Now, now, look, again, I'm not trying to be political. All I'm saying is, honey, you've come a long way. Let's just get on with it. Okay, and I, and I, get, I get, You get, well, I got all these statistics. That's fine, that's fine. All I'm saying is, is I get in some of these classrooms, and, and I just, my head explodes. I, I'm not going to lie. And so what starts to happen is we got out this poem, and all I remember is that you also got to know is the first two lines of the poem was basically this, was, um, it is man's desire to pursue pleasure, right? That was, that was the front line. Man's whole goal in life was pleasure. And then right under that, it said, and woman's delight is to please the man. And in that moment, look at we read the first two lines of that poem and like poof, everything busted loose in the class, right? Like you got the pink shirt dude over here, he's ripping and roaring about that. Um, you got the feel the burn lady, she's amening about that. And it, it just was this crazy debate that started ripping through. And so me, I'm, I'm sitting in the back and, I, and I'm just kind of like, oh, Chris, don't be the guy. Oh, don't be the guy. And, and as you can tell, I'm a little bit extroverted, okay, case okay, so it sh- shocks anyone, I'm a little bit what they call opinionated, okay, I'm a preacher, okay, so you take an extrovert and an opinionated person, and put them in a classroom with this, and literally, I'm sitting there, and, and the rest of the poem, I just read it, and the whole poem was about this dude that was exalting his wife, like, it was like, yeah, Man's job is to pursue pleasure, his woman's delight to please the man, and then, boom, he went on honoring his wife for, like, literally 20 lines. This is one of the most beautiful poems ever. And so they're debating, they're ripping and roaring at this dude um, that wrote this poem, and I'm just like, no, don't do it. You know, I'm trying, I'm like, no, no, right? And I, But then there's just this moment where I'm like, okay, time out. Look, and I, and I raised my hand, and literally, I busted loose on this class where I was like, you guys, you're missing the point. Right where I, I looked at him, and I'm like, do you guys not read the rest of the poem? I was like, do you not realize this dude is delighting in his wife? And I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, guys, guys, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty positive that when a woman sees a man sacrificially loving her family, it's her pleasure to serve that dude And literally, So I stood up in front of the whole class, and I was like, look, you guys are missing it. Look, women it is a delight to serve a man that is actually serving and dying to themselves and sacrificing for the family. It really is. Like, I, I don't know. Like, literally. Like And so I stood in front of the class, and I said, you know what? My wife could be this poem. My wife loves to serve me. My wife understands this, but it's because she married a man that's a servant leader where she knows I go to work not to buy my toys. I go to work to buy her toys. Amen? Right, I go to work not because I'm that awesome and it's for my success. It's for my kids' success. And then I looked, and this, this was terrible to say, but I looked at all of them and I'm like, look, I am dying to myself. It's the man's job to die. And listen to me, when you find a man that he's dying to himself to lift up you and your family, here's what I know. Ladies, you love serving that guy, and then and then I said this. This was this was unbelievably terrible. I was like, you would want to marry a man like me. <laughs> now, now, hang on, hang on, because th- the point wasn't I'm awesome, but the point was, look, there's a biblical principle. We're literally as I said that you would have thought, like, come back to the classroom. You got Miss um, Liberal, you got the the feminist dude over here in pink. Um, you would think they would have ripped and roared him, ripped me apart. That's not what happened. You know what happened? We about had church. Seriously, you had, you had this one guy. Was black. I remember there's this uh, black dude with dreads. He was just like, Amen. Uh huh. Bring it, brother. Bring it. You know, I mean, I, it was amazing. I was about to get acoustic guitar, like sing, sing, How Great is Our God? Lead them to Jesus. It was going to be awesome. Okay, we didn't do that. But the point is this everyone, look, you can be, here and be the furthest thing away from God. But look, ladies, if you see a man. That's actually living out this in their life. Here's what I know. You're attracted to them. You're attractive. It's just how it is. And that's where for us, like I said, come back to this story. This is how this guy led. Solomon, at this point in his life, he was knocking it out of the park. And she was referring to him saying, look, remember that love, that sacrificial love, the love of Jesus. Do you understand? That is what drew me to you. We're men, our job. Our call, you want to be a leader of your house. Man, it's our job to be a servant leader. Do you understand that? It really is. That's why Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Husbands, love your wives. Now don't miss this because it doesn't say love your wives and try to talk them into having as much sex as possible with you. That's That's not what he says. He goes, Look, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church. Men, our job, our goal, our calling, and our mandate from God Almighty is to die daily to ourselves, be servant leaders. And listen to me, listen to me, men. If we would do that, we'd be attractive. Listen to me, single men, listen to me. You guys literally would be the most attractive people in the church. Like, like that's why we had to shut Next down. Like, I, like, Next is our 30 singles ministry. Every dude we let lead there, boom, got married, right? It's a problem because when a man steps up and leads through service, boom, attraction, boom, women, boom, everything changes. Married men. Listen to me, I understand one of the biggest complaints of married men is, look, I don't have enough sex. And look, men, I get it. I get it. But listen to me. The answer is not to nudge her in this sermon. The answer is not jump into bed and expect her just to light up. The answer is to lead her through serving her. And I know, I don't know. You don't like this, okay? And ladies, don't nudge your husband back, okay? Let's Just stop that. But don't miss this. Is, look, what would it look like men... Instead of you coming home after work and sitting on the couch, what would it look like if we came home and actually took the kids from the wife and said, honey, you sit on the couch, I'll take the kids? What if we just washed our own dishes after dinner? What if we cleaned the house? Heck, what if, men, 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 bedtime? What if, instead of trying to get her clothes off, you peel her socks off, get out the lotion, and just rub her feet. Men, what would happen? Ladies will tell you a lot more than it is now. Right? Right, ladies? Like, that? that's true. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. It comes from this heartbeat of a servant leader. Men, we got to nail that. That it first starts with Jesus. But then it moves right into acting as Jesus in the marriages, and then now let's switch gears because I am an equal opportunity offender. Okay, so let's get the ladies in on this. we ladies. You know what I think your next step is was one? What do you do with Jesus? That's that's first and foremost. But then right after that, I don't think it's servant leadership. Or I, I, I think I think it's a good thing. But I think it's this: is you want know I think every man wants? Well, I think every man wants out of their woman is this is to be confident to be confident that you are beautiful and i know that that's hard because here's what i know about women is that you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see you Go, my clothes make me look fat i don't like my clothes and then you just throw away all your clothes right and then you get this process going like this is hard but don't miss this what 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 this guy wants, come back to Song of Solomon, what every man wants is for you to have a confidence to actually move in this thing called sex. Where the reason every dude looks at the first couple verses and, and she's looking at this thing, go, hey, take me away with you, like, let's actually go to bed. The reason every guy looks at that and is like, I want that, is because every guy wants there to be confidence in their wife. That's what they want. They don't want a girl that, that's shy, and, and that's the problem. And so you put those things together, and this is a lot of tension in marriage, right? Because you got the woman who you're looking at the mirror, and you don't see what is in the magazines. You don't see what's portrayed there, and so you think you got to push it up or tease it up, or these need to be smaller or bigger, depending on whatever's happening there. Um, and there's this tension where because you feel a certain way when you look in the mirror, you shut down in your marriage. Maybe it's the flipped opposite if you're single. You look in the mirror and because you don't like your image or who you are, you give it away to every sleaze ball that comes into your life. Listen to me, ladies. That's what every man wants. There to be sexual freedom in marriage. In marriage. Singles. A guy does not want to share you. And so before marriage, don't share it. Don't. You're worth more than that. I don't care if you don't feel valued. Listen go for your husband's thoughts one day. I know it might, well, i do not Not dating anyone. It's okay. You know, married people, understand your husband wants there to be freedom in the bed. Like they want this, right? Rip my head off. Let's go. And, and I know that might, you're just being weird, right? No, I'm telling you, guys want this sense of confidence. we well, understand. come back to this woman. Here's what's so scary about this story. Is that she's in this moment where she's looking back on her wedding day, saying, look, there was this freedom, but look, she almost missed it. Where at this point, we start to see in verse five, this highlight of the first time they met. Where she says, dark am I, yet lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kadar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Then she says this, do not stare at me. Now this is huge, because at this point, she's, look Solomon's looking in, and obviously Solomon's like, hey girl, hey, hey, you know, and he's liking what she sees, he sees, right, I mean, that, that's what's happening, but don't miss this, because she is saying, don't look at me, don't stare at me, and look at this, because I am dark, because I'm darkened by the sun, my mother's sons were angry with me, and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I have neglected, now don't miss what's going on here, because at this point, she almost pushed away Prince Charming. Do you understand that, ladies? Because what's going on? What's the picture? This is the first time they locked eyes. And she's like, oh, I remember when he first noticed me. I was out, and I, I was kicked out. Of my, I, I was doing all the grunt work for my family, right? And so Solomon's looking at this. She's serving. She's putting the family first. He's going, wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. But she's like going, no, 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 don't look at me, because I've been blackened by the sun, what does that mean? That means she was tan. And in those days, it's flipped opposite of now. Today, tan means you take care of yourself and it's pretty, right? Back then, uh, pale fair skin was, meant royalty. Tan skin meant you were a servant. So don't miss this. Don't miss the picture. Is this woman is pushing away what she was running after in chapters 5, 6, and 7 so sexually. She was pushing him away. And why, ladies? Don't miss this. Because she was drawing her confidence from her external and was missing the internal. Are you tracking? And understand, ladies, this is the biggest struggle any woman has. Is feeling confidence in the body and in the beauty God gave you. That's where one of the biggest things I can do is, ladies, I'm begging you, look in the mirror and be proud of what God made. It's so hard. I understand that. But that's worth for the next few minutes. I just want to read to you some scripture. I want to read to you a psalm where God is screaming down to the ladies, where he says this in Psalm 45 listen, daughter, time out. Number one, ladies, if you know Christ, you're a daughter, you're a daughter, listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Then he says this forget your people. In your father's household and sense, forget what other people say. Forget what the magazines say is true beauty. Forget all the voices this world is pressing down on you to have a certain body shape, a certain style of hair. Forget it all because the king, meaning Jesus, is enthralled with your beauty. Ladies, if you don't hear anything else, I say, understand this. God's looking at you. God made you. He created you. And he thinks you're beautiful. And you take confidence in that, you take pride in that, and let that unlock you inside of marriage. Man, ladies, we got to see this. But I understand it's hard. It's hard on both sides of the coin. And I don't care if you're the guy, because leadership and being a servant is hard. Guys, we are lazy, oh, and we're selfish. Ladies, it's hard to look in the mirror. You got stretch marks from babies. You got you got tons of stuff going on. You got you start to get wrinkles, and it's hard to look in the mirror. And I understand, I mean, what side of the coin you're on? It's hard. And here's the question: Is what do you do at this stage? And this is where this book becomes so beautiful. Remember, this isn't just a book about fairy tales and practicalities and it's just this physical relationship. No, no, no. Remember, it's supposed to teach us about how we interact with God. Or if you come back to this, remember the scene, right? The king is walking in and he's perfect. She's, he's everything to her. Yet she's looking at him saying, no, no, don't even look at me. I'm blackened. Right? Isn't that our, our tension with God in terms of sex Right, if you're married, you don't want God in your marriage because the sex is broken. Your relationships are broken, right? The men, you don't feel like you're leading. You don't feel like you're moving. The women don't feel beautiful. And you're going, God, no. And we go, I'm black and get out. The single people, we've made mistakes because the girls don't feel beautiful, because the guys are selfish. We've we've given ourselves way to every lust and desire to try to feel significant or feel beauty. At this point, you get to this stage where look at this. She says, dark am I yet lovely. Oh, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like a tents of Kadar. Do not stare at me because I'm dark. You ever feel that way with God? Don't stare at me. Don't don't look at me. Look, 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 because I'm not taking care of my own vineyard. I've neglected it. Ever felt that way? i know i have the question is what do you do in these moments because i'm guessing no guy or girl here has nailed this okay and if you have we're going to make you our marriage counselors you teach us how to be perfect because the rest of us has screwed this up so what do we do right that's what i mean come back to this story here's what i love about this is that the king looks in and he just keeps staring The king looks in, even at the bad, and says, no, I think I can make that beautiful. You know what the king does? He doesn't let the bad push him away. You know what the king does? The king comes to her. The king rescues her. The king takes what was in the dirt and lifts it up to royalty friends. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. It's what his love does. It's what it's all about. It's about Jesus, the king, perfect, holy, completely set apart. We deserve nothing coming to us and saying but i'll give you beauty i'll change your heart i'll make you a servant and in that go back to the beginning right attraction is so much more than just skin what it starts with him and i'm guessing there's a whole lot of us in this room that we just need to come back to jesus and start wrestling with what the real art of attraction looks like
0: wow. Hey, don't miss the overarching big thought that we should be walking away from this message with. It's basically this. The, the more like Jesus you are, whether you're a man or a woman, the more like Jesus you are, the more attractive you are. Jesus is the most attractive person who has ever walked the face of the earth. There were two qualities in Jesus that stood out above all others in his life, so much so that the scripture refers to him as the lion and the lamb. This mixture of qualities that Jesus had. The lion of Judah, he's called, the lamb of God. As the lion, Jesus was filled with a ferocious and powerful love an aggressive kind of love, a kind of love that served the people around him, a kind of love that was willing to lay itself down, to sacrifice everything for the sake of the one he loves. Greater love has the world never seen than the love of Jesus Christ, the most beautiful, attractive love that any human eye has ever laid laid eyes on. But not only was Jesus filled with this ferocious and powerful love, who's also filled with a humble confidence in God. Never grasping his own rights, just humble and confident, trusting God, going wherever God said to go, doing whatever God said to do, not really caring what other people thought. The Lamb of God, who's willing to be led by his shepherd with a humble confidence. If you tracked with what Chris said, that's what attraction looks like. That's what beauty looks like. It looks like a ferocious and powerful love. Be attracted to Jesus. It looks like a humble confidence in God that cares more about what God thinks than what anybody else thinks. Be attracted to Jesus, the lion and the lamb. The more like him you become, the more attractive you'll be. And it starts with you looking at Jesus and desiring what you see. Being attracted to, wanting to become like him. Are you attracted to Jesus? That's really the question. Because you will become like what you were attracted to. When you look at Jesus, do you say, that's everything I want to be? I want to be like him. Listen to what it says in the scripture. It says this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his his marvelous works among the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Listen to this. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty. Are in his sanctuary. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Powerful love, humble confidence. Man or woman alike, become like this. That's what I want. That's what you want. Is that what you want? Is Is this your desire of your life? Is this what you want to seek? And so here's where we're going to end we're just going to end in prayer. I want you in this moment to put your eyes on Jesus and see his love, to see his humility, be attracted to him. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, today's the day. See him for who he really is. When you become like him, you will become what you were made to be. And all the pieces of your life will find their right place. Let's fix our eyes on him. Let's pray together. Our our Father... Thank you so much for inviting us in, showing us who you are, for sending Jesus into this world to show us what you're like and to show us what we were made to be. God, I pray for every married person in the room right now that they would see Jesus in all of his glory and want to be like him. I pray for the married men, that they would have a a ferocious love for their wives that wants to serve and sacrifice and lift them up. Pray for every married woman in the room that they would have a humble confidence in you, the one who created them in your own image, who knit them together in their mother's womb with all of their uniqueness, all of their complexity. They would just have a humble confidence in you and they would know that in you, they are beautiful and they would have a humble confidence in that pray for every single person in the room these same things that, that men would step up and they would lead, they would become known for their love and women would become known for their confidence in you and all these lines get blurred God because in Jesus both were present, man or woman this is what we were made to be God, would you call people right now in this room to come to you, to trust you, to see you for who you really are and be drawn to you right here in this moment, God. That as they see you for who you really are, that they would become like you. Marriages would be strengthened. Single people would find their purpose. And all of us would walk in your great, perfect, amazing will for our lives. We surrender to you, God, in these moments. It's
3: in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.